Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast on mental health for folks of color. I'm your host, John Zell Anderson, licensed professional counselor. I'm the owner of Panoramic Counseling, where I specialize in treating teens and young adults in Richmond, Virginia, and throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia through online counseling. Let's get into the show. Good morning. It has been a little bit since I have posted a vlog for my website, so I'm hopping back in today with a topic that's been very relevant uh, with uh, the folks that I've been working with uh, in my therapy practice, and that is the influence of our finances on mental health. So you may be wondering, well, what does money have to do with mental health? It has a lot to do with mental health. Um, I look sideways at when people say, oh, well, money doesn't buy you happiness. True, money in and of itself is not going to make you happy. However, if we look at money as a tool, which it is, it's a, a vehicle to exchange goods and services and all of that stuff, it very well can impact your mental health. Um People who are not able to have the financial resources that they need experience anxiety, depression. Um, people who mismanage the resources they have sometimes fall into a cycle of impulsivity, of overspending, not being able to take care of necessities, um, and we'll get into priorities uh, in a little bit. And a lot of people are experiencing uh, crippling debt um, you know, that feels like digging into a hole. And then in order to take care of necessities and things that come up, it's, it's like one step forward, two steps back. Uh, and people are getting into that, um, those traps. And, uh, I want to preface everything that I say after this with the acknowledgement that I have an element of or we all have, to some extent, we have privilege, right? So um, my income in the, the profession that I work in is based off of, you know, I have a master's degree um, and I work in a um, specialized field as a, a psychotherapist, right? Um, so I acknowledge that my vantage point on this is um, different from every single person who's going to have a different angle of this. However, I hope that the tips that I provide are universal. Um, and I say this because I work with, uh, I have clients who are insanely wealthy. Uh, I have clients who are struggling to buy food. Um, I, I, I work with clients across um, socioeconomic, the, the spectrum. So um, I, I just want to acknowledge that in speaking on money and finances, there is privilege that I have given my, you know, education level and my chosen career and stuff like that. Um, so with that being said, th these mental health impacts of money not being the way it needs to be, uh, not having our um, finances in order, so to speak, um, 
it does create this vicious cycle. Um, a lot of people that I'm working with are, you know, like I said, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and then there's consumer credit card debt. Um, so that could become overwhelming and crippling. Um, sometimes people get into a situation where they, they can only make minimum payments on credit cards and, um, the necessities such as rent and food and things like that, it starts to become muddy because you get to a point where you realize I'm bringing in X amount of dollars, but it doesn't equal or even get close to what's coming out. Um, and so navigating that challenge is definitely easier said than done. Um, but I'm going to provide some practical tips that hopefully can be of help. Uh, to some folks watching this. So, with that being said, here are two main areas that I want to speak on as far as solutions. So, how we can get our finances in a good place so that there's some stability and peace when it comes to our quality of life, right? So, the first one I want to speak on is credit cards, so consumer debt. There's a lot of different types of debt. Um, I'm kind of a finance budgeting type of nerd, so I've read and, you know, listened to all sorts of things. Um, I particularly don't subscribe to the idea that there's good debt, bad debt, all of that, right? Um, debt, in layman's terms, means you're using somebody else's resources until you give it back to them and then it's yours. Um, so there's different types of debt. I personally have six figures of student loans that I'm working to pay off um, very quickly. That's a type of debt, right? Uh, I live in a house, so I have a mortgage. Uh, that's a type of debt. Um, I don't have credit card debt, but a lot of people have, you know, credit cards and there's a balance that they carry on that, right? Um, so the piece, the advice I would give is know how much debt you have. I think it's important for some people who have been trying to keep their head above water. It's scary as hell to sit down and look at all the accounts and really look at that number of how much that you owe. But avoiding something doesn't make the problem go away. Um, and for me, knowing how much I'm paying to have debt um, is the motivation that I need to make good de decisions and to work hard to um, be in a positive direction with that. So if you have um, consumer credit card debt, um, doesn't matter how high or low the interest rate is, I would recommend not using those credit cards um, because it's a really good way to keep that balance between what is coming in from your sources of income and how much is going out. Um, I have a lot of clients who will say, oh, well, I have a low interest rate or I get really good rewards or uh flight miles or this and that, that's fine and dandy. Uh, however, 
credit cards are not designed to reward you. The bank isn't like, ah, John Zell, take this credit card and use it to cover all of your expenses. And we trust and believe that, you know, you're going to be keeping track of how much money you have coming in and you're going to pay it off each month so that you don't accrue any interest. And we're just going to give you these gift cards and, um, uh, flight miles and, uh, you know, free Amazon gift cards or whatever for using this card. Um, it sounds nice when they make the offer to you, but in reality, when you pick a credit card that has some sort of rewards, it's got an insanely high interest rate. I have a credit card um, from Amazon, I believe. It's got like the little smiley face on it. And it has, like, between 1% and 3% cash back, depending on what you buy. I think you get a lot of cash back for buying stuff from Amazon, right? And I don't carry a balance on it. Um, but if I, for some reason, run that card up, they give you a huge credit card limit. Um, and if I run it up or whatever and are, am not able to pay it off each month before interest kicks in because the way credit cards work is you put you use it and if you pay the money back when that first bill comes for the charges accrued then you don't have to pay the company interest but if you let that balance carry between month and month they're going to start charging you for borrowing that money um and the interest rates on any credit card that has rewards is insanely high. The one on the Amazon credit card that I mentioned, I believe is like 25, 24% uh, annually. And basically that means if I borrow $100, after a year I'm giving the bank an extra $25 for the privilege of borrowing their money. Um, so there's a cost to it. It's not just you swipe it and it's money and worry about it later. It's a real thing. And what happens with a lot of people is that they get into the cycle of using credit cards. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to get my rewards. And sometimes it's like, oh, I'll use my rewards to pay down the balance or whatever. The little bit of rewards that they give you, they they've it's it's an instrument that's designed to they're going to make a profit off of you if you're not super diligent and careful about it. There are some people I know who can, you know, use a credit card like a debit card, pay it off exactly. They budget, they figure it out how to do it. But a lot of people don't think in that way. So step one, I would recommend not using credit cards if you're having financial struggles um, because the interest rates will get you the interest rates and what they collect from lending you that money on a revolving basis far exceeds the rewards that they give you. Um, and that's just plain math. Um, and I would, I, I, I want to say something about the psychology involved in using your own money as opposed to somebody else's. So I, I mentioned before, I don't have credit card debt. I have I think I have like five or six credit cards um, and 
I don't use them. They have a zero balance and, um, and there have been times where I'm like, okay, I don't owe anything. You know, I don't have any credit card debt. Let me use this particular credit card so that I can pay it off every week. Um, cause I work for myself. So I pay myself every Friday. I can pay it off every week when I pay myself and it's fine. There's a different way that I look at spending when it's my debit card that's coming right out of my checking account as opposed to a credit card. I find I have done side-by-side -side comparison. I spend more money when I'm using a credit card than I do when I'm using my debit card from my bank account. Why? Because a credit card feels like, for example, that Amazon card has a $10,000 limit like a credit limit, right? So it's like, ah, I'm walking around with 10 grand in my pocket, getting some groceries and some gas and, uh, you know, take out a couple of times, no big deal, because I have all this money there, but I'm going to pay it back and it's going to be fine, right? Whereas when you use your checking account, your debit card, there's a certain amount of money in that account. Um, and if you use it all up, what happens? You get charged with an overdraft, right? Um, and I don't like paying the bank for being irresponsible, right? I, if I'm being irresponsible, I don't want to be charged, right? So the solution to that is to be responsible, right? Only use the money that I have on hand so that I don't owe the bank any money and I can take care of what I need, but I also don't have to overspend using a credit card. So that's just my take on the psychology of it all. So the second part and the solution to the how finances and mental health collide is budgeting. I would say that 96, let's do that number, 96% of the clients that I work with or even just like friends that I know that are, you know, will talk about struggling with their, their money. Um, I'll say, well, do you keep a budget? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I know when things come out and it's on auto pay or, you know, but I'm like, do you have a budget? And most of them say no. Um, I will preface this part by saying a budget is an evolving living document. It changes over time. So for me personally, I keep a, um, a list of my bills in a Word document. Um, and I'll tell you kind of how I break that down in just a second. And then I put it in my um, planner so that each month at the beginning of the month, I'll write down, okay, the first is uh, health insurance and uh, mortgage and whatever, right? So I put it here so that I know, okay, my budget is on one single list somewhere, but then I break it down into the day-to-day. -day. So I know I'm not looking at, oh my gosh, all this stuff is coming out. I can look at, okay, I'm got, I pay myself once a week. I need to make sure that there's enough in the checking account to cover these bills that are gonna come out plus living expenses, right? So for me, having a physical budget that I can keep track of on a day-to-day -day basis is helpful. Um, and 
but there's a ton of different ways to do it, but we'll get into that later. So I would recommend for each person to have two types of budget. This is not super complicated. Um, you need to have a monthly budget that lists out all of your uh, monthly things. And so here's some categories to think of. So I hope you have a pen and paper. So you want to take account of housing, insurances. So this covers your car insurance, your health insurance, your life insurance, your whatever kind of insurance you have. Uh, child care, if that's a expense that you have. Um, health care. So this is your insurance, your deductibles, your um, uh, anything that's health related. Um, maybe you're on a payment plan for a bill or something like that. Take account of that. Um, you also, uh, another category is utilities. So that's your electric, your trash, your water, um, any sort of utilities that you have um, that are going to come every month. Uh, subscriptions. A lot of people forget about this when they budget. Um, I personally, I have Spotify, Hulu, uh, Audible. Um, I give a, like $10 a month to an artist that I support. Um, so there's little subscriptions that come out. And most people don't think to put that on the budget, but it's important because those little $10... $15, whatever, that adds up, and that is significant. So you need to be having that in the budget. Um, phone and internet. So that's your cell phone. I don't think people use a landline anymore, but your phone, your internet, like your Wi-Fi and things like that, you need to make sure that that's on the budget. Also, if you have a car or if you, I mean, we all have to have transportation somehow. So if you have a car, um, if you uh, use public transportation, whatever, Make budget for the car note, budget for the bus pass, budget for whatever it's going to take. If you take Uber, give yourself a certain amount of money that is going to cover your expenses for the month. That all needs to be in your budget. So real quick, housing, insurance is health, utilities, subscriptions, phone, internet, car, and childcare are the main categories. Now, when you're writing all, uh, when this, when you write this down, here's four pieces of information that need to be on the budget. Have the date that it comes out. For example, well, I'll give an example in a second. So the date that it comes out, what it is, um, such as Dominion Electric, the cost that it is, um, and what account it's going to come out. So there's four main things, date, name, price, account. So let me go to this week and my planner. So let's see. Um, on Tuesday, March 9th, uh, I have, so the 9th of March, I have Dominion Electric coming out. The amount is $247.29. And it's coming out of my checking account. So I have it written down in my planner. So I know those four pieces of information. Um, and that is individually written on the, the days, but also on my big list of my budget. I know each month on the, what is it? Each month on the 
ninth of the month, I have an electric bill coming out. And you may notice that I shared about an electric bill. That changes every month. So when you're doing your budget, you know, your electric company sends you a bill every month. You have to go into your budget and update that number um, because it could go up, it could go down, and um, you don't want to budget each month for the same amount and then it fluctuates and your money is looking funny, right? So this is why I say have a monthly um, kind of list. Um, and so that kind of covers, okay, here's my monthly budget of things that I know I have to pay for. The second piece, it's a little bit smaller, but it's equally as important, is to budget weekly. So, for example, I say that I pay myself once a week, right? So what I'll do on Friday is I'll, um, I'll write down, uh, you know, I'll, I'll look at how much I paid myself, so my income. And then I'm going to look at, okay, let me look at the next week until that covers until Friday until my next paycheck, right? And so I'm gonna look at, okay, um, I have check number 103 that hasn't cleared yet. I have um, State Farm insurance. I have an electric bill. I have a phone bill um, and my Audible subscription. All of that stuff is gonna come out before I pay myself again. So when I'm looking at okay, payday, right? It's not like, oh, I got paid today. I can go out to eat. I can do whatever I want. I have money, right? No. You have to make sure that you're, you're taken care of before you do any extra spending. So, and I know this sounds boring. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but you have to do these things in order to not be stressed out about your finances all the time. So, I add up how much all of that stuff is going to cost me, right? Then you have to add in, okay, food, right? I, I have to eat. Um, so add that in. How much are you going to budget for this week for food? And throw that into the amount. And then you've got your household and toiletry stuff. So I might need to get some laundry detergent or... I might need to get um, some diapers for the baby. These, these need to be accounted for when you do your weekly budgeting, when you get your paycheck. And so you're pulling information from your monthly budget. Okay, what monthly things are going to come out this week that I need to remember? Then you have to look at, okay, food. You have to look at household needs. And then if you drive a car that's not electric, you need gasoline. So how much driving do you plan to do in the next week? How much do you need to have available to pay for uh, transportation, right? Um, and I always say budget as soon as that paycheck hits your account so that you can prepare in advance. So do all of that before you even think about making weekend plans with somebody. Um, because you get paid on Friday and you're like, oh, I'm going to go do this, right? But you have bills coming out next week. Do you have the money available to you? And this is under the assumption that you're not using a credit card for anything. It's using what you have to do what you need to do, right? So take care of your necessities and priorities first before you do extra. Um, and so with all of that being said, sometimes 
uh, it'll be a week where there's not a lot of bills coming out and there's a lot of money left over. Um, in which case, um, you, you have a little bit of flexibility. Me personally, I mentioned before that I have a crap ton of student loans that I'm trying to pay off. I usually will put my extra money after I budget for food, bills, gas, um, household items and stuff like that. I'll put whatever chunk of money is left over towards the debt so that I'm tacking away at what is owed, but my needs now are met. And in the long term, I won't have that debt to worry about. Um, so that's that's personally what I do. Some people just want to pay for their bills and what's needed for the next week and then have money to go shopping, for entertainment, whatever it is. No judgment. Um, everyone has, it, all of this stuff is customizable and flexible depending on your situation. Um, but hopefully these uh, kind of ideas and tips that I've shared with you are helpful um, and I believe that they would be helpful for anybody in any situation because I'll leave you with this. I mentioned before that I'm a therapist and I work with people who have very low incomes and struggle from paycheck to paycheck to people who are very wealthy have ample financial resources. Something that I've noticed across the spectrum is that there are wealthy people and by wealthy I mean people who make a lot of money who are living paycheck to paycheck who spend more money than they bring in. It doesn't matter if you're, I mean, socioeconomic status is, is a complex thing, but I have people who make good salaries, over six figures, who are literally struggling to go from paycheck to paycheck. And that's because the priorities are out of whack, right? Um, they're living for the moment and buying things on a whim and stuff like that, or using credit cards and thinking about it later, right? Um, any, it doesn't matter how much money you have, if you don't manage the tool, um, that tool of money well, you can be stressed out. So people who make high salaries can be in financial distress and have mental health consequences because of it, just like somebody who um, works a minimum wage, which isn't a livable wage uh, in Virginia, by the way, but that's a topic for a whole nother video, um, who, who work on minimum wage and go from paycheck to paycheck. Doesn't matter how much money you make, if you don't manage it well, you're going to be stressed out. And so to conclude here, when they say money can't buy you happiness, that is true. However, managing your money well can result in peace and happiness because you're taking care of yourself and you're ensuring your quality of life and not constantly reacting to a hole that you've dug for yourself. So um, thank you for watching and um, feel free to leave me a comment or um, to leave a suggestion of a topic that you might want to see me um, cover in a future video. Um, take care. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it's free.
They offer creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast no matter the size of your following? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. The link is in this episode's show notes. Thanks in advance.